And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Murder in the Cathedral, the seminal play by the Anglo-American playwright T.S. Eliot, is one of my all-time favorites. Eliot's interpretation of the murder of Thomas a Becket, Archbishop of Canterbury in the 12th century, is gripping. Almost 40 years ago, when I was living in Hong Kong, fresh out of college, I directed a production of Murder in the Cathedral that was performed in St. John's Cathedral, the historic Anglican Cathedral in central Hong Kong. I'll never forget one particularly dramatic moment in the story when Eliot has one of his characters ask, between Christmas and Easter, what work shall be done? Between Christmas and Easter, what work shall be done? What work indeed. Let's pause for a moment this morning to briefly review the liturgical calendar between Christmas and Easter. Today is referred to in the Episcopal lectionary as the first Sunday after Christmas, and we are now at the very start of Christmastide, the traditional 12 days of Christmas. This period will come to a close on January 6th, when Christians around the world will celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, commemorating the arrival of wise men from the East to worship the Christ child in Bethlehem. And the season of Epiphany will end in early March with the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday. March 2nd in 2022, and those sobering words, remember, O mortal, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And finally, as Lent draws to a close, we will walk together with our Lord through Holy Week all the way to the cross and, on Easter morning, his glorious resurrection. So Eliot certainly was right when he said that a great deal takes place between Christmas and Easter. There is indeed much work to be done and many prayers to be offered. And this is true both for the life of the church and for our own personal spiritual journeys. It's an important question to ask ourselves as individuals and as the body of Christ, as that body is expressed and incorporated 
right here at St. Anne's, on the circle in the heart of Annapolis. So in the next few days, try to find some time to prayerfully reflect on what interior work you are going to do in your private life in the coming weeks and months between Christmas and Easter. What work needs to be done in the coming months, both collectively and individually, as we all move from the crib in Bethlehem to the cross at Golgotha. Now, the annual holiday season is coming to an end with its Christmas trees and blinking lights and seemingly endless renditions of the little drummer boy. In our increasingly secularized society, Christmas has become quite commercialized with stores promoting merchandise even before Halloween, much less Thanksgiving. And then there's the glitter and glitz of New Year's Eve, perhaps muted again somewhat this year due to the ongoing pandemic. And New Year's resolutions to be made, to be kept, or perhaps to be broken. As we leave 2021 behind and prepare to move into 2022, there is a promise of a new beginning. This promise of a new beginning is especially true and poignant as we continue to emerge from a global pandemic that will soon be entering its third year. But New Year's Eve and January 1st don't have a monopoly on new beginnings. Just listen again to the start of today's gospel passage from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The 12 days of Christmas are intended as days of celebration, but also a time for reflection. The majestic opening to today's gospel passage sets the stage for a whole new order of life, forged in the beginning of creation with the presence of the Word, now made flesh among us, incarnate, full of grace and truth. For Christians, our celebration of Christmas is but one day old. We have another week and a half of Christmas tide until Epiphany. Would that we could have the whole world join in celebrating God's extraordinary gift to the world, the incarnate Lord, 
fully human and fully divine. Some people will join in and praise God for that. But for many, once the ornaments have been removed and the tree has been set out on the curb, it's time to move on. Yet, once in a while, people get a glimpse of what God is doing, really doing among us. Once in a while, the light shines so brightly in the darkness that nothing can dim it. Once in a while, people feel an upwelling of joy in their hearts, and they may not even know where it comes from. These 12 days of Christmas call us to celebrate, to reorder, and perhaps to reframe our lives so that we can live differently. Not because it's a time of New Year's resolutions, but because Jesus has come to live among us, to show us a new way. Throughout Advent, we contemplated the coming of Jesus our Emmanuel, God with us. John's Gospel shows us that one of the ways God is manifested in our troubled, often broken world is as light shining in the darkness, light that the darkness cannot overcome. It's important to realize that from darkness comes the light of the word made flesh. Within the darkness can always be found the seeds of light, glimmering, shimmering. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As we all begin to live more fully into our baptismal relationship with Jesus, we start to see more clearly what that darkness often hides. It hides the needs of the poor, the oppressed, the marginalized, those experiencing homelessness. It hides the needs of refugees seeking a new home, a safe haven. To turn away from them is to say no to the light. And if we do that, then we will become dwellers in the darkness as well. As Christians, we are those people who have promised in our baptismal covenant and continually promise over and over again to seek and serve Christ in all persons. Not some people, not most people, but all persons. That is what Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel, does. And that is what we must all do as his followers. None of us can be Christ-like unto ourselves. 
Yet we each carry some particular Christ-like characteristic. We each carry and hold within us a piece of the light. And all together, we can make up a Christ-like community right here at St. Anne's, where Christians have been bringing light to this community for 330 years. So we need to ask ourselves honestly, are we ready for the light of Christ to shine in our darkness? What about those parts of us that we hope no one notices? What about the parts we like to keep tucked under the bed or on a shelf in the way back of the closet? Are we really ready for the light of Christ to shine there too? And just who is this Jesus, this light in the darkness, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us? If we see only the baby lying in the manger, we see only part of the picture. Just as we did not mark the season of Advent by pretending that Christ has not already come into the world, so we do not celebrate Christmas by pretending that we don't all know what is eventually going to happen to this child. For Christmas does not stand alone. It cannot be celebrated properly in isolation from the whole story of Jesus the Christ. To separate the story of Jesus' birth from the harsh reality of the crucifixion is, I believe, to engage in denial. The whole story reminds us that we must also see Jesus as the one who is not received, the very people who hoped two millennia ago finally got the one for whom they hoped, the Messiah. Yet they did not recognize him and rejected him. When God came to us, it was as one who is weak and vulnerable, not just as the holy infant, but also as the tortured adult hanging on the cross. Yet Jesus, the weak flesh and bone incarnate one, has real power. It is not the world's power. The power of Christ continues to be rejected by many in the world because by the terms of the secular world, it is the wrong kind of power. Jesus' power is to let us be who we were created to be, beloved children, each and every one of us, beloved children of God. By embracing Jesus' weakness, our lives are transformed and we are empowered. It is the one who is empty who makes us full. It is the one who is poor who makes us rich. 
It is the one who dies who gives us life. This Jesus, the rejected yet powerful one, comes full of grace and truth. The evangelist here quotes a phrase from the Hebrew scriptures meaning loyalty and reliability. Because of the coming of Christ, we look at the world in a new way. God's faithfulness contrasts with many of our daily experiences in the world and calls us to faithfulness also. So this Christmas tide, the coming of Jesus presents us all with a choice. We can be transformed by the power of the gospel to be God's people walking in God's vulnerable ways. Or we can reject him and continue business as usual. And business as usual means sitting in the darkness, shielding our eyes and turning away from the life-giving light. The story around which we gather today is one of transforming hope, hope for a new life. We are invited to cooperate with the divine initiative to let the light enable us to see the path more clearly, to make a new beginning as God's people. Where that happens, heaven and earth do sing There is joy to the world, and the waste places do break forth together in singing. And the church gives us not one day but twelve to celebrate the birth of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Please join me in taking that time. Don't be overwhelmed or fatigued by the cultural trappings that have surrounded us for weeks, even months. Persevere in hope and joy. Don't abandon them like the Christmas tree discarded the day after Christmas. At the close of his long Christmas oratorio poem, entitled, For the Time Being, the Anglo-American poet, W.H. Auden, wrote, and I quote, Now we must dismantle the tree, putting the decorations back in their cardboard boxes. But the light of Christ was not meant to be tucked back in the basement with the decorations. The love of God, as it shines through Jesus Christ, was meant to take root in our very souls. And it still can, if we make room in our everyday lives for light to shine in our darkness. Let us all pledge to think carefully and prayerfully about the gift that has been given to us as Christians and what each and every one of us pledges to do with that precious gift. It is time to go to work, 
Time to act like the gifted people God created us to be. Time to be about God's business. Business that is committed to redemption. And business that brings graciousness and peace to the lives of all people. That is what we should be doing because that is what God has done for us. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth. Amen.